podcasting from inside the stash. I'm Jenny. I'm Nicole. And this is Stash and Burn. Hello, Jenny. Hello. After Long some time no podcast. Yeah, and after some technical difficulties, we're finally recording. <laughs> So we are recording via Skype. Uh, some people noticed last time that um, our voices don't match in volume, and it's just the way that Skype records, and I try to adjust for that. Um, but you'll probably find that Jenny's voice is going to be a little bit louder because just that's how it ended up being. <laughs> I don't know why Call Recorder does it that way. Hmm. I don't know. Odd. So, so what's up, Jenny? What have you been knitting? You haven't been on the podcast for a couple months. I know. What have I been knitting? I I knit a lot of moss-stitch washcloths <laughs> that of, serve as uh, drool catchers. Out of uh, Blue Sky Alpaca Organic Cotton, right? Yes. They're yes. so soft. They're the best. They're, They're the best. And nice and smushy. Good colors. Plus, I got Jenny all excited about knitting in Blue Sky Alpacas. Um organic cotton and you want to make a whole blanket for Matilda and so I got to de-stash 570 <laughs> yards of said yarn to Jenny it was pretty awesome I was, I was thinking about using another pattern from the, the dishcloth book mm -hmm. for the blanket and just doubling it up and for, for some reason I find myself reluctant to cast on for it and now I'm like maybe I should just make a moss stitch blanket <laughs> <laughs> Dear God, I have like no attention span. I have knit, so um, in the last month or so, I knit seven of the patterns from Dishcloth Diva. And some of them definitely require more attention than others. Um, there was one, I think it's called Glass, or yeah, I think it's called Glass. And that one, there's pearl or there's cabling or twisted stitches I don't know it took a lot of thought and it was the one that I brought with me to the 4th of July celebration at my dad's and so it was it was a little more difficult to do than I had wanted for said event but there's some really straightforward ones I liked the one called stainless mm -hmm. um it's and the one that I just did called mosaic tiles I think is really neat. Actually, if that were the whole blanket, it would be really cool. And once you get the pattern, like at first you're like, oh, what am I doing? And then once you understand what's happening, you're like, fine, you don't have to look at the pattern again. Yeah, I was like, I'm gonna knit my way through this whole book. So I started with the first pattern. I'm like, <laughs> all right, slip stitch. I haven't <laughs> done this in a long time. And then the second one is that goddamn lost stitch. And like- And you got stuck. And then I just got stuck. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, well. So so we both did some dishcloths for Uli 07, and I passed along some cotton to you, so I felt like I, I dug in. I, that's a good, I think I, a good, let's see, what's three, five, eight? Almost 900 yards of cotton out of my stash during Uli 07. Nice. Yeah. Do you have any any cotton left? I have dribs and drabs of cotton. I have some um, Spun and Chloe sweater that's good for hats. Um, it's also good for monsters, for Rebecca Danger monsters. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have 
some Pacucho. Oh, you know what I have is um, I have a skein of Blue Sky Alpaca's Skinny Cotton. Mm. And I had, so here's a funny, haha, only to me, funny thing. So I thought I, what I had was two skeins of BSA Skinny Cotton, one in blue and one in this kind of yellow color. It's called maize, right? And I was mm-hmm. using them together to crochet a hat that only got to be about a three inch round and then I abandoned it. Um and then I was weighing as I was knitting with the blue, I was like, wow, this this is really much heavier skein than what is listed on Ravelry. And I realized the blue was actually Malabrigo organic cotton, which uh... is a skein of two hundred and thirty two yards as opposed to the hundred and fifty of Sky Alpaca skinny cotton. <laughs> So I knit through that blue skein more or less, but I have, you know, I have a little bit of that. I have a little bit of Pacucho. I have that skein of BSA skinny cotton. So a Mm -hmm. little bit, but it now, it went from one of those sort of normal 16 quart um, boxes to one Mm -hmm. that's half that size and it's half of that container. So it's just like this tiny little cube of cotton as opposed to a whole. After like... Three dishcloths, you'll be totally done. Right, yeah. It takes about 50 yards is what I found to knit any of those dishcloth diva. Um, when I knit in Pacucho, I kind of got a very... I had one that took 63 yards and one that took 44 yards, but in Malabrigo, everything took exactly 51 yards. <laughs> nice. Um, and you've been knitting some sweaters, or you... Uh, yeah, I started a couple of uh, baby sweaters. One was that placket sweater. I think I mentioned it on the last podcast. But mm-hmm. I finally bound off the neck today. Yay! And that's a Malabrigo Rios? Yeah. The sunset? Uh, no. Piedras. Yeah. It's either Piedras or Archangel. I can't okay. remember which one. But... um. It turned out really cute. I'm, I just have to sew the, do some finishing and find some buttons. Like, did you know that in Wait, that you, pattern... And by find buttons, you mean find buttons in your house? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> find buttons in my house. Um, in that pattern, it calls for sewing on beads that you just... It, you don't make buttonholes. You just push the beads through. But hmm. I decided to just make buttonholes. Why... Oh, push. So I got it. So you just push it through the moss stitch. Uh, see, yeah, or seed stitch, whatever. Seed stitch. whatever you it just is. push it through and that's going to hold your cardigan. But I but don't know. But it's not a whole cardigan, right? It's just the top. All right. It's just the top. So it's kind of, I see, I see the point, but why not do buttons? Yeah. Especially given my button stash. <laughs> is it like a choking hazard thing? I don't think so because, I mean, all baby a lot of lot of baby clothes have buttons. Mm-hmm. You just have to sew those buttons on. Extra tight. Really, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she hasn't she hasn't sucked any buttons off any clothes yet. Yeah, I know all kids are different, but that was not something my kid was that interested in sucking on buttons that I recall. I put buttons on stuff. It was fine. Yeah. Um, so the other big project I finished was my Aislinn. Oh, and by the way, I've given in. It's Aislinn. I'm not going with this, trying to pronounce it whatever way it's really supposed to be pronounced. I'm just, everybody else calls it Aislinn. I'm calling it Aislinn. 
Sorry. I'm I running with it. It's not just you. It's not just you. The double knit twins do it too. And I'm like, all right, I'm done. Cause I don't even know. So I finished Aislinn. Yay. And, and it, it looks awesome. I posted pictures on Twitter the other day and I posted a couple of those. They're just cell phone photos. I should probably take better pictures, um, which I will. Um, and, but, um, I've been getting a lot of nice compliments. Thank you, everyone. And um, I do. I like it. I learned a lot. Most notably, I learned patience. <laughs> um, that when something's not right and I know it's going to bother me, it is worthwhile to go back and do it again. Except for now, I'll tell you, in the case where I'm not going to do that. I, I noticed something, and, and I hear about this a lot on other podcasts, the whole concept of the swatch line. Oh, my swatch lied to me. And what I realize is that there's the swatch line and then there's thinking that you're smarter than the swatch. <laughs> and that's what I do. I think that what happened, um, so what happened with my Aislinn is that it's a little longer than what I wanted. The body is probably about an inch and a half longer and the sleeves are about an inch longer because in both cases, instead of knitting to the row, the specified number of rows, I knit to the length that I thought I needed. And in both cases, well, especially for the body, I knit 10 extra rows. And when I blocked it out, it's about 10 extra rows too long. So had I not knit those 10 rows and painted, you know, just really trusted my swatch, um, it would probably be the exact length that I wanted it. That said, so, it looks fine. What's what's the length of 10 rows? It's like an inch and a half? In this case, it's about an inch and a half. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so had it been about an inch and a half shorter... It's more the length that she wrote the pattern for. Mm -hmm. It's closer to that than to my ideal length. But I know that now. And now as I'm swatching for my Audrey and Unst, I will definitely pay more attention to that um, right. for my next project. Um, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about the snap in the middle with the tie. Like, uh -huh. It's not a style that I would usually go for. But for some reason, it looked so cute in the pattern photo. Mm -hmm. I will tell you one thing. When you try something on with your pajama bottoms, you're not really going to get a good assessment of whether or not you <laughs> like it. So when I finished it and I put the snap in and I had the tie and I put it on with my pajamas, I was like, hmm, this isn't that cute. But the next day when I put it on with nor with clothes, it's adorable. And it goes with a lot of different things. I was able to wear it with tank top and jeans. I was able to wear it with a skirt and you know a t-shirt the other day and then my goal is i'm making this skirt oh i can show jenny sorry listeners i can't show you but maybe someday i'll have the posted photos of this this is the skirt oh it's inside out this is the skirt that i'm making can you see that fabric the fabric so has cute. the fabric has birds and bird cages and the birds and, bird nests. Are, and nests and the birds are yellow and it goes and the it's black, white, yellow, and brown, the fabric. And um, I think it goes really well with the sweater. Um, that so is going to be really cute. Hoping to finish the skirt this week and then have some cute modeled photos. I think Amy's modeled photos, you know how often patterns, um, the yarn that the pattern is shown in sells really well, and especially the color. In this case, there's something about the way Amy styled it that makes me want to like have the whole look that she has. <laughs> so, um, so that's what I finished. Um, also, um, 
John is coming in to show Jenny the, the shorts that I just finished for him. Nice. I've been so nice. I've been sewing a lot. So my um <laughs> I've been sewing a lot. Um which takes away from my knitting time, but it happens every summer. It's like clockwork. You know, there's it's at your some thing. point it's my thing. At some point in the summer, although I am knitting a little bit more than I think I, I was last summer. And I've really though suddenly cranked up the sewing. I think part of it is I'm just a little bit better at sewing than I was a year ago, so it's easier for me to get back into that. Right. So I made John two pairs of sleep shorts because I had that much fabric, and I just decided, hey, I have this much fabric. I'm just going to make two pairs and be done with it. Of course, I should have sewn together one pair and had him try them on before I made the second pair because they're <laughs> not the it's not the world's best fit. Like, they could be roomier, more comfortable lounge pants. I made them sort of slim fitting. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> Skinny jeans. They're all the rage. Um, and then I made myself a pair of sleep. And I can I'll stand up and show Jenny. This is a, a scarf. I think. Let's see. Let me see. Cute. Um, so this is based on the sleep shorts pattern um, in the One Yard Wonder, the first One Yard Wonder book. And I uh -huh. just drew the line down and made them full length pants. So they're quite billowy, actually. <laughs> um, it's a look. John suggests that I get some platform shoes and um, like a billowy top and some giant sunglasses. And I could wear it out and pretend it's 1973. Do it. <laughs> But, um, and then I made Adrian a pair of lounge pants, um, that theoretically were for sleeping, but then he added, had me add a, a belt loop so that he could hang his change purse from it. So <laughs> right now he's just wearing them sometimes when he wants to carry his change purse around. Hopefully that'll switch over at some point. That is awesome. You have like the family lounge pants yep, that was set a... up now. Well, now I know. And it's just... I have so much fabric, I can just bust some out. I'm never, I never want to buy pajamas again. Like I don't need to. That's a really easy thing to sort of cut off and and do myself. Um, and it's great for the, you know either the fabrics I have or fabrics that I can buy at thrift stores because I could make a pair of sleep pants for a couple bucks. Um, and my Yay. time. <laughs> and then I've been working on. The skirt. So the skirt that I made to are making to match or to go with Aislinn and it will mm -hmm. hopefully go with other things as well. Um, in order to get there, I made sort of a series of skirts. And the first skirt was based on my original A-line pattern from last summer. Mm -hmm. Right. But did I tell you how something went wrong and I wasn't sure what pattern pieces I used and I possibly didn't add seam allowance when I was supposed to. So it's right. quite fitted, but still works. I just have to, I have to wear it much higher on my waist. Um, uh -huh. It is made out of the same cow print that I made Adrian's Halloween costume in. So it wasn't a skirt I was really going to wear regularly. It was a little more <laughs> kitschy than that. Um, and one thing I did was I, um, so what I really wanted to try is the the jean style pocket, the ones that curve down. So I added a pocket like that and then this cute fabric that is horseshoes on it. So I use that for the pockets and it's a pretty cute skirt. When I showed it at Seam Allowance, people thought it was adorable, but I was like, come on, are we really, am I really going to wear this 
more than twice a year. Um, it was mainly an experiment to see if I could do those pockets. Um, so then the, the next iteration was I experimented with slashing and spreading. Uh-huh. So I took the pattern and I cut it. The, you know, it's a quarter pattern and I cut it and I literally I slash it. And then you mm-hmm. spread the pieces out to add um, mm-hmm. with? So, with sweep. You can add more sweep. Right. It's more distributed. So instead of just adding it onto the seam allowance and getting kind of a weird rhomboid shape, you do it so that it's spread throughout the skirt. And um, uh-huh. I used another fabric I had thrifted that is really cool um, that has a, these giant fish that are slightly abstracted. I mean, you can tell they're fish, but they're very um, stylized. Uh-huh. And it's blue and white. Um, and it's, it was really cute. I did the pockets again. So then once I felt comfortable with that, then I went forward with this fabric that I have for the skirt for Aislinn, which is actually salvaged a salvaged um, vintage skirt that my friend Paula found. And unfortunately, I had already chopped it up to try to make it into a skirt. And mm-hmm. so instead of having a nice big panel to work with, I had four smaller panels, which were big enough to make four panels for the skirt. But I w- it would have been nicer if I had only two panels for the skirt. I think it would have been a, just a nicer look because now I couldn't match up the pattern. Nah, it's okay, but no one's going to notice unless they're me or I pointed out probably. <laughs> but um, so... I've been kind of really diving into sewing, um, trying to work with my serger a little bit more. And I was going like gangbusters. I was totally getting it. I was surged the inside of these pants. I was like surging the inside of Adrian's pants before I sewed them together. Then mm-hmm. I decided to switch uh, threads. And I did that trick that the sewing teacher taught us where you tie the new thread to the old thread and then pull it through. And I was like, uh-huh. this is going to be awesome. And it was fine, but it, I can't, it can't stay. For some reason, I'm not keeping it threaded as well as I was before. So mm. I think it's just getting used to it. I was so excited. I figured out how to thread it again. And I was just forging ahead. And then not so much. Oh. So, but I am excited to be sewing. And I'm hoping to keep a little more even pace once I go back to work and not completely abandon sewing. Right. But maybe sewing could be like if I can try to sew one thing a month and then in the summer is when I do like some big explosive thing. Right. God, those sewing blogs, they're so, um, it's, it's like, they're like little drug pushers. You see the stuff that people are doing. You're like, I've got to do that. I've got to buy that pattern. I need that. Who are you obsessed with these days? Um, I like this woman, um, wearable muslin. And it's funny because we don't have the same body type. She's like five, eight and, um, kind of busty and I don't, but everything she makes, I'm like, Ooh, that's cute. Ooh, that's cute. Um, and who was the other woman who I just discovered? You were looking at little Betty a lot. I was, I haven't been looking at her lately. I did. I've been looking at this woman. I think her blog is three dresses. And she's just funny. And it's these people who really are making so much of their wardrobe, and it's really uh, inspirational. Mm-hmm. That said, I'm trying not to. I'm trying to apply some of my cold sheep principles to my fabric stash. Mm-hmm. So I'm keeping track of what I sew, and I'm going to try to only acquire 
fabric at a ratio of five yards out and one yard in. So I'm going to just through to like the end of August, try to, to do stash projects and get things manageable. <laughs> I want you to make another one of those. What was, I forget the name of the Colette pattern you oh, made. Oh, the rooibos so dress. So cute. Yes, make that again. I have some fabric already cut for that. It's actually sitting in this box over here. So one of the things I'm trying to do before I go too deep into new things is to um, sew the things that I've cut. Like I have a few projects that I've cut that I just haven't mm -hmm. sewn yet. And I have to go back and sort of recreate or you know, rethink about where where I am in those projects. I also have some refashion things that I um that I need to work on. But the rooibos dress, I'm glad you brought that up because another thing I did in the last month was I started to work on the new Colette pattern. Have you seen that? Yeah. Hawthorne? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really cute, very... Are you doing the Hawthorne along? Oh, there's no way. I can't do things at the same time that I'm, you know, like it's a, yeah. everybody, the surge happens. There's so many people that finish Hawthorns and I'm like, wait, I can't even get mine to fit right. So I... I did a bodice and I did, I did something different this time. So when I made rooibos, I cut for the size eight. Mm -hmm. And in thinking about the principles from fit to flatter, where you use your upper bust measurement, mm -hmm. I decided to try for Hawthorne to cut the size six because mm -hmm. the bust size is, is more in line with what my upper bust is. And then if I need to, I could do a full bust adjustment, but chances are with a Colette pattern, I won't have to because her patterns are cut for a C cup, which is, I'll just say bigger than mine in interest of not doing TMI. But so I feel <laughs> like by doing the smaller upper bust, I may not have to make a lot of changes in this bust area, mm -hmm. but there's there's issues with that because then I need the width at the bottom where the bodice mm -hmm. and the skirt meet or the peplum depending on what I'm doing because I'm right. I'm thicker here uh, my ratio is not so hourglassy so I'm working on it and I I feel right. like here's another lesson in patience of like let's figure out what the issues are and do it slowly and figure it out so you don't have to have something either that you're unhappy with or you have to do it four times. But that made me think about the rooibos dress mm -hmm. and that maybe I should go back and recut the top for a size six instead of a size eight. Mm. Uh, because I like the fit of the rooibos dress, but it was a little big in the top mm -hmm. and the, there's plenty of room in the skirt. So I could see myself doing the six on the top and the eight on the bottom for that. Right. And just adjusting for my thicker waist. It seems like that would be easy to adjust on your already cut piece, right? If I'm going like, down, right. Yes. Yeah, just shaving off a little bit. It does, except for the six, uh, for the the rooibos that I've cut, I changed mm -hmm. the neckline, so I don't know. And at this point, it's all an experiment. It's been cut out for so long, I don't feel that I'm so attached to this denim fabric that if it doesn't turn out perfectly, that I can't try it again. You know? Especially right. since it's already cut. If I had uncut fabric, I could start over. But with cut fabric, I'm like, maybe I should just go forth with where I am. Anyway, so that is my annual sewing update. Sorry, I, sh I should have <laughs> saved it for the end so people who weren't interested could just um, 
turn it off, but you know, maybe it will inspire people. I know that usually people have been interested in a little bit of a sewing update and it really does happen this infrequently. I don't think I've talked about sewing for over a year. Um, yeah. Um, so my next project, well, no, third on the list of back to knitting is Audrey and Unst. I have a couple of things ahead of that. Um, I'm trying to decide I'm going to knit a shawl. I have a bunch of gift shawls that I want to knit before the end of the year. So I'm going to pick one of those to take, um, on my upcoming trip with me. And then I have a, another monster. I have another toddler birthday party coming up. So I'm going to do another Rebecca danger monster and I'm going to sacrifice my shell Ridge farms, DK and the apple and whatever this blue is because I've had mm -hmm. it in my stash for 8,000 years and it's better that it's a cute little monster for Adrian's friend than how um, much of each of those do you have? I think it's 250 yards. This is a couple of you monsters. Should, <laughs> double it up. You should double. Yeah, you should yes. double it. Use it all up. Yeah. Even or if is... I double it up, it's not going to use it all. It's gonna, still yeah. only going to use half of it. But, but still. No, you can make me. another one later. Yeah, there's always a toddler birthday party. Exactly. <laughs> They're everywhere. <laughs> I can't believe you make um, those toys. That's so awesome. I, well, the thing is, it's like in this one circle. So I made it for the first kid, right? And right. I, his I had ready. And then two moms at that party were like, that's so cute. So then I'm like, well, they're going to be disappointed if their kid doesn't get one. And um, it was funny because I saw, so then I gave the second one to um, the next kid. And then I saw the third kid this week. And um, he was admiring Adrian's backpack. And I was like, well, Alexander, you do have a birthday coming up. And his mom's like, uh, I thought there was a monster. That... And, I was like... <laughs> and she was, she was half joking and right. she knew, but it was like, okay, I won't make him a backpack. It's probably actually easier to make him the monster than the backpack. Although would sewn stuffies. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it would be faster. Some fun fabric, like corduroy or like velour or I don't know. It's it's something to think about. It is something to think about. Maybe the next round. In a pinch. Yeah, I have enough time. Um, but it's nice. All of these are Uli projects. Nothing. Oh, no, that's not true. My Audrey Nunst will not be. But I'm so ahead of myself on I've I've easily done 13 or 14 Uli projects. Like I, I've hit my goal of using deepish stash projects, but I I'm forging ahead. Awesome. Basically I just have a knitting fantasy life <laughs> and a lot of moss stitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about for yourself? Knitting anything uh... for yourself? Well, I've abandoned those two sweaters that I was kind of, I'm going to knit a little bit on every day. I've yeah. abandoned them. I'm thinking about starting Beatnik. Is that an Oregon pattern? Yeah. Super cute. Oregon cabled pullover. Is it from Like Nitty? kind of a, yeah. Okay. A boat neck. Kind of, it looks very like retro collar. Mm-hmm. Stands up a little bit. Um. I think I just have a cable bug because I also want to make that fisherman's pullover in the 
that Cassidy Do 20 Baby Knits book. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? The baby fisherman's sweater with no. like the the collar. <laughs> Super cute. I have a way to solve your problem. Both or kill two birds with one stone. What about doing that cotton blanket and cables? Oh, yeah. Except I don't want to cable cotton. Mm, yeah. It would be hard. I mean, it would be okay to do with a cable needle, but it would be hard on your hands to do, like, Without that. a cable needle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I might just, I might just pick another one of those dishcloth patterns <laughs> for that. I'm telling you, stainless. I can rally. <laughs> stainless, man. It's great. It's really nice looking. Um, I'm actually really excited. So four of those dishcloths that I knit are for my work because mm-hmm. we always have some nasty old sponge in the sink in the library. And everybody complains to me. They're like, ew, that sponge is so gross. And they don't expect me to do anything about it. But I'm like, they're, my reaction is always like, get another sponge then. Where do you think yeah. that sponge came from? And I was like, you know what, though? If I get if I make dishcloths, I can take them home and wash them. And every week we'll have a new clean dishcloth and this problem won't exist. Or at least microwave the sponge. Well, the problem is the microwave is not near the sink. And, uh, yeah. And when I told my coworker, I saw her last week and I told her I was making these, I was like, yeah, and then I can take them home and wash them. And she totally called me on my codependency. She's like, or I could take them home and wash them. And I'm like, yeah, great. You take them home and wash them. Fantastic. <laughs> Just someone as long as someone them takes them home and washes them. <laughs> I was um, on the 4th of July with my um, dad and my stepmom's family, and I was they were asking me what I was making, and I was explaining this story. And my stepmother's sister says to me, she's like, yeah, but how do you bleach them? And I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, how do you bleach them? And I was like, I'm just going to put them in the laundry. She's like, that's not bleaching them. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, they're not going to get bleached. I'm sorry. <laughs> to upset you. She's like, ugh. They're very, her family. Yeah, yeah. They love their bleach. Like OxyClean? And she was like, mm, not exactly. <laughs> so. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, I think they, all through my childhood, my stepmother has, there was always the Lysol and the bleach and so a heavy level of cleanliness. Right. So I know that she will probably not want or need handmade dishcloths. I'll make her something else. <laughs> oh, you know, my mom has gotten into all of this, like using baking soda in your laundry. And she's mm-hmm. been like saving up her eggshells and putting those in her laundry. What she is, saw it on some what Korean that talk show. What does that do? Apparently it's like it, it whitens. So do they have to be white eggshells? I don't know. She had some crazy formula, and I was like, why are you saving all these shells, thinking she's going to, like, Compost use them, them to water her plants or something? Mm-hmm. But no, um, she uses them in her laundry. How does that drain out of your laundry, your washing machine? I don't know. Dude, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I'll get I'll get the details. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm going I'm to Google <laughs> that. That's like my mom's thing about... Uh, using warm water, Listerine, and vinegar to um, to uh, exfoliate your feet. Oh, huh. yeah, Listerine. Yeah, 
She sold wow. John on it. <laughs> so. It's... I remember when I was a kid, I tried Listerine once, and now I, like, look at it, and I, like, I can, I can taste it. I can taste it. It's like, ah. Uh, this is back to the fabric stash, of which I know you do not have anymore, but this is one of my ideas for Christmas, is I have a whole drawer of, of scraps and fat quarters and, that I haven't used, and I mm -hmm. might just do color palettes and make everybody a lap blanket. Yeah. Because I saw that you can buy lap blanket size wool batting uh -huh. um, for like $16. Hey, before you go buy that wool batting... Yes. Just saying, I have wool batting that I'm never going to use that's in my ah. garage, and it's like a queen size. Okay. And you can just cut it up. All right. Yeah, I could probably get four out of that. At least. Yeah, because I think the lap Because those are always oversized. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Don't buy it. All right. I'll read your... Read your... Garage. My, my, my stash. Your hidden stash. Still, that still haunts me. Yeah. If you can't see it. <laughs> oh, did I don't know if I told you I added my so you know the D stash tab under your in your stash. I decided uh -huh. to add that yarn back into my stash totals because for a few reasons. One Sometimes that yarn migrates back into my stash, so I might as well just have it in there to begin with. Two, right. that way if someone decided to buy it or I gave it away, then I would get credit for getting rid of it. <laughs> huh. And three, there was another reason, but it just seemed more honest. And it was really, it was about 2,400 yards and I've... I'm down, I was down to about 40,000, so it really just bumped me back up to about 42. So, oh, that's not bad at all. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I, 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 and I didn't count it against myself. It had always been there. I just didn't have it in the number. So I feel like my number is getting more honest. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we want to talk about a couple of books that we have seen recently that um, were put out by Hannah Fettig of Knitbot. And one, the first is The Little Knitbot, which is um, a collection of three patterns based on um, some of Hannah's adult patterns, but these are sized for uh, children, little girls specifically. Super cute little girl. Oh my God, isn't that girl adorable? If that's her daughter, yeah. it's got to be her daughter, right? Oh my God, she's so cute. Yeah, no, it's killing me, that kid. Um, So I thought, yeah, maybe Jenny, you could start since you are naturally doing more knitting for girls. <laughs> <laughs> I love these little sweaters. They're so cute. Um, In fact, I think one of my nieces should make... Oh, yeah. One of these sweaters. I, as soon as I saw this, I thought of Emma. Yeah. I just... And she, didn't she already knit one of Hannah's? Was Yeah, I think she did. From... Um, from the Rocky Coast Coastal Kids? Knits. Coastal Kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Coastal Kids. Yeah, she made the cutest sweater. I can't believe she finished a sweater on her own. It was pretty amazing. Um, 
So she will probably love making this. So the, the three patterns are the breezy cardigan, um, which is wispy. So the breezy cardigan is, it's an interesting, it's an interesting look I've always thought. So it's, it's like almost kimono style, but there's no closure. So the intention is that it falls open. Um, and all of them, I believe are knit. Is this, is this true? Well, I know this is knit in fiber company meadow, which is a new, yeah, uh, yarn. I think they're all knit in meadow. Okay. And it's a new yarn. That's Merino, uh, 40% Merino, 25% llama, baby llama, 20% mulberry silk and 15% linen and a hundred grams is 549 yards. So is it lace weight or is it, it looks heavier. I guess I could look that up. It's right here. It's like a light fingering. Um, <laughs> oh, that's interesting. On the Ravelry page, the link to Meadow is not there. Um, and then, yeah, the next one is um, the Fledgling Featherweight, which I love this sweater. I, I love it for a little girl. Like, I always thought it was a cute sweater, but for some reason, on a little girl, it's like the perfect sweater. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I, I feel like this is more successful as a little girl sweater mm -hmm. than Breezy. Me too. Although Breezy's really cute. I think this one works better for that age. It, it seems a more versatile sweater. It's slightly cropped with a short sleeve, so I feel like you could keep it on as a little girl all day. Mm -hmm. um, it's a great transitional piece. It's open in the front, so you get that little bit of warmth on your shoulders and your arms mm -hmm. and your body, but not, it's not you're not going to get overly hot, and you can still be active. You could still write and paint and do whatever you do throughout your day as, as a small child. Um, and, um, I did look at Meadow. It is lace weight. So, um, which these patterns as written for adults, um, are typically knit in lace or fingering weight. So that right. makes sense. Um, I don't know if I could talk Emma into knitting a cardigan for herself out of lace weight. But, but um, what about what? Oh, what was her other cardigan knit in? Uh, Cascade Two Twenty oh, Super. Okay. Yeah, so it's a little heavier. But you know, these I are knit like... on bigger needles. It's a knit on a size yeah. six needle, so it's lace weight, but the gauge is the same or just yeah. slightly smaller. It's still a little bit slippery, you know, mm -hmm. knitting lace weight on big needles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little I bit of a challenge. Wispy would be really good for keeping out of your way while you're running mm -hmm. around doing things. I agree. It's kind of it kind of reminds me a little bit of that baby vertebrae cardigan. I love that cardigan. Yeah. I can't wait to make that for Matilda and just <laughs> I didn't get there. Um It's kind of a genius, you know, like just take off the fronts. Yeah, no, it makes total sense for Yeah what babies do in their lives. Right. Um, the nice thing about the wispy cardigan in this collection is that you get all the way through the adult sizes. Mm -hmm. um, so it's written for a, a chest circumference 23 all the way up to 50 inches. Oh. Um, nice. I think the thing about if we were thinking about a kid knitting, the I think the construction is a little challenging on wispy. Right. Because I think you knit the shrug part and then pick up stitches and knit down. Is that right? Yeah, it looks like it. Mm-hmm. So it could be a little bit of a challenge um, if you were thinking of this as knitting for kids, 
uh, knitting by kids, not just knitting for kids. Right. Um, but if you're just knitting for a kid, it's perfect for you, for the even that you know i think that oh wispy or fledgling featherweight is a great beginner pattern and i think the other two patterns are just slightly more intermediate than that i wonder if emma would feel <clears throat> more comfortable knitting these if she just used a sport weight mm -hmm. and got the the regular the gauge because the gauge on all of them is 24 24 well, it certainly is on the first needles, notions, gauge. Yeah, 24. Yep. And I think it's all in the... 24, yeah. So you could substitute a sport weight and get a slightly heavier sweater. Mm-hmm. And, right, not have that sense of losing your stitches because you're knitting lace weight on a size 6 needle. Right. Yeah, so, I yeah, I think this is a great idea um, of translating these patterns to the smaller sizes um but i think i agree with you that for me the featherweight is the most successful of the three translations and then wispy and then maybe l less so the um the, no, I was breezy. Gonna, the breezy cardigan yeah i for me would always find that challenging to wear like i would always from you know in the adult size i wouldn't know exactly how and I'm not sure I would like it just hanging down and open on me. Hmm. I would wear it. I would wear it. Yeah. I feel like I'm the opposite of the child who doesn't need fronts. I feel like I need <laughs> large fronts. <laughs> to always keep yourself. Yes. Um, I, ha I like to have a lot of fabric around me. That's for sure. Um, the love of blanket knitting. Yeah, exactly. The other collection is um, all knit in the linen yarn by Quince and Company. And it is called Knitbot Linen. And it's knit in, um, it's called Sparrow. Um, it's Have you knit with Sparrow? I haven't knit with linen since I knit a market bag. It's sort of like cotton. It's one of those things where I'm just a little bit wary of it mm -hmm. I could see wanting I do want to knit something in linen down the road um, I'm looking at the palette so one of the, the way this book starts she talks about knitting with linen and then they specifically talk about Sparrow and they show the palette of Sparrow and it, it I think linen just invites a more muted palette which I mm -hmm. tend to shy away from I'm more bold to neutrals mm -hmm. um, but I do, of course, the colors that I like are paprika, which is kind of a bright orange. Um, and there's, an, oh, pigeon, which is a, a nice gray blue. Um, but the patterns here are, they remind me of um, Julie Weisenberger's patterns. They're, mm -hmm. for some reason, not something that I would normally pick out for myself. But when I see them, mm -hmm. I'm very drawn to them. And... I mean, all of them, like, I don't wear vests, especially open vests, but the first pattern, the point of view vest, I think, wow, that looks fabulous. And it's styled in a way that's sort of like those Japanese pattern books, right? Like she's wearing this right. linen top underneath and neutral colored pants. Um, and the way that the vest is structured is that it, 
is longer in the front and shorter. Mm-hmm. It has not even shorter in the back. The fronts are knit longer, and then it's sort of almost like a cutout, but it's shaped so it's shorter in the back, which is mm-hmm. interesting. Um, and also, one of the problems I think I have, I noticed this on my Aislinn cardigan, is that I do get extra fabric in the back because of the sort of curve of my lower back, and this would take care of that because there is no fabric in the lower back. <laughs> And then the next pattern, the lineal cardigan, is the opposite. It's shorter in the front and longer mm. in the back. Um, it's super cute. I like it a lot. God, the you know, what I really like is the dress she's wearing. Yes. Yes. It's very cute. Um, yeah, no, I love that one, too. The breeze cardigan reminds me somewhat of the breezy cardigan. So there's sort of mm. more fabric in the front and a bigger collar, longer sweater. I could actually see you in this. I would totally wear that. Yeah, that seems like a great, that would be a great piece for your wardrobe. Um, and, okay, so the apron front, or apron to tank, I also love this. It's a very unusual piece. It's a tank top mm. that has, it's, how would you describe this construction? It has like a bib front. Oh, see, you're so good at that. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it's basically the bib, the top of the bib is the top of the tank. Like mm-hmm. there are, there's no shoulder and then mm-hmm. it kind of grows out from there. And then I the... think this only works if you're kind of waif-like. Yes. I don't think, I mean, that's just something where I would knit it and then I, I would look at myself and think, why did I make this? I definitely need the the openness of some of the earlier patterns. That one is, it's, I love, again, like this is where I become a process knitter, right? Or I'm like, I just want to knit it because of how it's knit, not because of how it's going to look on me. I wonder if I should like, I love wearing linen, but I'm scared to knit with linen. What about sewing with linen? Yeah, that's, that's easy though, right? Right, but mm-hmm. if you like to wear linen and you want to have something linen, find yeah. an easy shift d- tank or dress pattern and like the Wixton. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, it's perfect. Yeah, I love this next top, the cowl neck tank, mm-hmm. and it's looks like sort of the opposite. Where well, no, it's got an interesting construction too. Not like as interesting maybe as the apron um, tank, but. It um, has a big cowl neck. I wonder, though, ultimately how that would look and how it would wear if you had to layer something on top of that. Right. That's always the problem with cowl necks. Mm -hmm. You're like, how do I put on a coat now? (laughs) Or the, and also the shoulders have an interesting, it's, is it knit from the top down? Is that what we're supposed to do here? Yeah, I think it is. Mm, No. Beginning at the top. Oh no, you're right. Huh. That's interesting. I would give that a sh- again a process knit just to see how it comes together. Super cute on. Mm-hmm. And then it, it ends up with a hat, which I think is, and I never think about hats that are not in wool. <laughs> like, I feel like they have some um, wool content. That. Giant. Looking at the schematic, it totally reminds me of Martina Bem, that her sweater. 
that has the cabled top. Um, I'm probably saying her name wrong. No, that's how everybody else says it. Let's just go with the flow. I'm saying Aislinn now. It's Joni. Her pattern from Nitty. But if you look at the schematic for it, it looks similar. The neck looks similar. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, that, this is, uh, so a lot of ease. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, if you look at the schematic. It reminds me, too, that I feel like there's one of the Japanese patterns. It's, it has, again, it's a sort of similar. And that's definitely the aesthetic that I think that this linen collection has. And, of course, as long-time listeners know, we have a deep love of the Japanese craft aesthetic. So this this collection fits in really beautifully with that. I wanted to say... I think you should make that vest. Yeah. I'm looking I, at it from the back. It's definitely interesting. The nice thing is that none of these patterns take that much yarn. Um, like that, the vest pattern takes three skeins, and my size would be three skeins at 168 yards per skein. So 475 yards is what it calls for. Let's see. If I wanted to make the breeze or brise, mm -hmm. I'm just going to call it breeze. So you want five inches of positive ease. So do you get the third size? I think I'd have to get the fourth size. Hmm. Be ten skeins. What's the gauge she's getting on that? Oh, 20, sport, 24. sport weight. I am yeah. a little afraid of knitting with linen. I am afraid of sort of like what it, how hard it would be on my hands. Mm -hmm. But I'm also compelled by it. <laughs> I'm also really mm -hmm. interested um, because I think that... the fabric over time just really, it turns out, it's, well. it's so beautiful. And it's so cool in the summer. Right. And the same reason to sew with it. That's I a... feel like you should also make that lineal cardigan mm -hmm. because it looks really good over dresses. Yeah, no, that's a good point. No, it's a very wearable style, and it is a style that um, definitely is close to sorts of cardigans that I buy, except for the, the sort mm -hmm. of asymmetry of the front and the back, but just mm -hmm. very simple, straightforward, and and you know, something that's not meant to close because it's over, it's supposed to be worn over something that you're, right. is your centerpiece. The cardigan is just sort of the, it's the topping, you know, or the, mm -hmm. the extra piece. Both of these collections are priced amazingly well. The little knit bot is $9 for three patterns. Um, and the, uh, knit bot linen is $14 for six patterns. So, um, really well priced and the individual patterns are $6 each and they're both supporting uh, beautiful yarns of small yarn you know smaller not the smallest but I don't know what would you call Quinson Company I still think of as a smaller yarn company it's not, yeah, like, definitely. It's not like Cascade or 
Taki or one of the biggies yet. And, um, and then, uh, the other support is a pattern support for fiber company yarn. I want to see that meadow yarn in person. I believe they have it at at verb. (laughs) I might have to take a little journey. That's 600 yards of lace weight. (laughs) Oh, I'm not going to buy it. I'm just going to (laughs) look, just looking. So, um, yeah. I, and the, yeah, the last pattern, as I said, was a hat and I'm not sure I would knit a linen hat, but Probably. I suppose there are some climates where it would make sense or some reason that you want to wear a hat in the summer. It would be, it would be interesting. I guess I could see making like a linen more sun hat, right? but maybe not a watch cap style hat. Right. Like a fun in the sun style hat. <laughs> we'll see if that ever happens again. I wonder what happened to my original fun in the sun hat. It was cute. I must have gotten rid of it when we moved. I think I got rid of it when we moved. Um, okay. Well, thanks everybody for listening. And um, I'm glad Jenny and I could solve our technical difficulties and actually get this recorded. Um, yay. yay. Um, <laughs> I want to thank Julia Trice, who was the pattern, um, sponsor for, um, our last round of use it or lose it. Um, I announced the three winners in the thread. And so you were, um, probably got a message through Ravelry. And I think I actually heard back from at least one, if not two of you. So, um, Thank you, Julia. Um, the winners got the pattern of their choice. And I have, have some other volunteers for pattern donations and some that I'm saving up. I, I want to start working on on uh, end-of-the-year prizes. I don't know how exactly that will work, but if anybody has any ideas, um, I'm open to it. If, if we feel that yarn might be an acceptable prize at the end of the year, uh-huh. <laughs> um, then I would be open to anybody who wanted to sponsor um, by donating yarn. Um, we'll start gathering that up. Maybe, maybe I'll wait until October to really kick into that. But if you're out there and you're interested, let me know. Um, and thank you, Hannah Fettig, for sending us these, uh, pattern books. Um, that's all I can think of right now. I think, yeah. Are you getting knitting done on your commute, Jenny? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. I'm taking the shuttle. Yeah. Oh, you know what I've been doing? What? Reading. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading. What? I know. I'm reading this really good book right now. I'm going to do a brief homage to uh, Double Knit and the Two Knitlet Chicks by talking about what I'm reading. I'm reading a book called Eleanor and Park. And it's a, uh-huh. it's a great, it's a good book. And maybe I'm in a super like emotional space right now but like everything about it is making me like oh it also takes place in 1986 and it's reminding me of how much i love the 80s um and so um what's it about it's about i I liked the one that you recommended the last one i read that you recommended was that where'd you go bernadette i did it was cute it was sweet it's kind of in that vein this is about two kids in high school and i think in oklahoma Nebraska, Nebraska, Omaha, not, yeah. And, um, and she's comes from a not great background and he comes from like a fairly standard middle-class background and 
they fall in love and I know something I've I keep feeling like something bad is about to happen and I'm in the last 60 pages and I'm like okay buck up little camper because here it comes um oh god I read the fault in our stars oh yeah that was something bad definitely happens in that one I know (laughs) yeah but Uh. it's really this book is really well written it's by a woman named Rainbow Rowell which is hard to say um but she does this great job of capturing like these two characters who are very compelled by one another but have such different life circumstances and it's not patronizing and I can't figure out if it's supposed to be a young adult novel it it's definitely written with a sense of nostalgia for what it is what it means to be young and to be in love mm-hmm. so I wonder if teenagers would read it and feel very cynical about it whereas I way out of my teen years can find it very sweet and moving but um yeah I'm I'm really enjoying that one and um and then as far as what I'm watching I'm still trying to finish that the new season of Arrested Development which I'm sort of meh about have Mm -hmm. you watched any of it I watched the first two episodes and yeah we just just didn't want to watch anymore so there are some really funny episodes, which you haven't seen. The Tobias episode, I think, is really funny. And I just watched the Maybe episode, and that one is pretty funny. Um, they're too long. It's like when they were given the extra minutes, they just overfilled them. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about something about it. I don't No, I, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then on Aaron B.'s recommendation, I started watching this show called Top of the Lake. Mm-hmm. It has, do you know about that? Mm-mm. It has Elizabeth Moss in it, and it's from New Zealand. It's executive produced by Jane Campion, which explains why Holly Hunter is in it. And it's like, it's like prime suspect meets Twin Peaks, kind of. Huh. There's something Twin Peaksy about it. It's not very super, it's not supernatural, but... Some of the characters remind me of Twin Peaks for some reason. Plus, there's a guy in it that kind of, right now, the principal bad, who I see as the principal bad guy, looks like my friend's dad. And it is so, like, I can't take my eyes off of him. I finally texted her. I'm like, have you watched this show? Because this dude looks just like your dad. So, um, I don't know if I would recommend it, but I would not recommend it. I, I'm... I enjoyed the first episode made me want to keep watching, but then, um, I haven't watched, I've only watched maybe four of the 10 ish episodes. Harold's been watching arrested development. And so the, the, the earlier ones or the, he's watching them, the, all of them. He's, I, he's, he's going back through and watching all of mm-hmm. them. I think those are good. Um, and I can't, I can't watch them. I can't sit down and watch them in a row. Like he mm-hmm. does because it's just like too uncomfortable, <laughs> but there are some hilarious moments. Like, oh my god! Now that show, I mean, I still quote the my favorite line when uh, Lucille is told something about you know, they're filming Jimmy Kimmel Live here, and she turns and she says, "I do not know who that is, and I do not care to find out." I use that line all the time. <laughs> Sometimes during the school year, I probably use it every day. Like there's a point where some kid says something to me. I'm like, I don't know what that is. And I do not care to find out. 
Did I say Arrested Development? Oh, yes. What are you talking about? Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, that I could not watch again. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, Lucille. <laughs> You're like, I must have that? said the wrong thing. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. It's funny, though, because Jeff Garland is in Arrested Development, and he was on the episode we watched last night, and... Um, I don't know. For some reason, while he's doing something, they start playing the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme song, which John didn't watch. So he was like, huh, that's weird music. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's the Curb Your Enthusiasm <laughs> music. Uh, yeah, no, I never finished watching that show. And I know that season where they, the Seinfeld reunion season is supposed to be super funny, but I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to finish at some point. I was like, OK, this is too uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable. <laughs> but there's one really funny episode. I think it's the last episode where he dies. Oh, spoiler alert. Um, but he's not really dead. Oh, okay. Anyway, just watch that episode because it was pretty funny by itself. All right. I, I'll do that. Okay. <laughs> and with that, we are finished. Thank you for listening. Good night, Jenny. Good night. (laughs) Good night.